After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Baseball America Fantasy Podcast. This is your host, Jeff Ponce. Alongside me, as always, is fantasy baseball world champion and deathmatch holder. That would be Dylan White. Dylan, how are you today? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Monday night. And uh, ready to talk FYPD. Yeah. So uh, before we jump into that, I wanted to say uh, once again, I'm going to switch up your uh, world championship title and make it a little bit more obnoxious each week. So uh, by the time by the time we hit like March or April of next year, um, people might just be turning off the podcast permanently if they haven't already within the first 42 seconds. That being said, yes, this is a first-year player draft podcast. Um, we might have another one of these uh, as we kind of stew on things throughout the offseason. And quite frankly, you know, it's fantasy baseball in the offseason. We need some content. This is an important part of the uh, the early portion of the fantasy baseball dynasty baseball offseason is the first year player draft. Uh, Dylan and I have been working on this for a couple of weeks. Um, kind of had our scrum. I think that's the, the correct word scrum uh, this evening where the two of us kind of went back and forth. We, we went through some uh, big discrepancies in rankings, had a few other sort of uh, inputs and, and uh, ways that we analyzed the players going into it. And I feel really good about it. I think what's funny about this now, Dylan, if, if I may continue to pontificate upon FYPD, when I first started doing these lists and like the beginning, right? Like this is my, <laughs> this is my baby. It's my FYPD fan. It's my contribution to the fantasy community and nobody was doing them. Then, you know, they grew People started to do them, but you wouldn't really see them until like December or January. I feel like the FYPD season now starts so early. Like you could have like a too early FYPD list. Like, like it's too early, frankly, there's no reason to do that. But the way that these lifts have progressed, there are so many lists that have already been out for a month or two. Some of them before the end of the season. Um, there are probably some leagues that draft that early, frankly. There's not any that I'm in. Um, I just think it's remarkable that this would be the earliest that I would have put out an FYPD list just about ever. And we're kind of behind in comparison to some other people who put out lists months ago. Now, 
I don't know how totally actionable it all is versus I think a majority of the FYPDs are still December to February, maybe even March. Where, when are you still? Because I'm kind of interested in this. I, I, I was thinking about it before we started doing this today, and I was like, God, we hate to do these lists so early now. <laughs> um, my leagues, we do them basically February, first week of February. Um, so it's before spring training. Um, have the whole off season to kind of think about it. You look at your teams as well to kind of see what, you know, what uh, holes you have, the state of your minor league system. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think now that there's uh, college data, for example, that's kind of more widely available, um, people are becoming much more tuned in to the amateur side. I feel um, that after the draft happens, the actual draft, um, mm. they, they put out the content, the, the, these other outlets, because, you know, I, I want to know how, yeah, the Jays pick these guys. I don't know who they are. Are they any good? And then, uh, you know, they, they put out the content for those fans. But now we, BA, we have, you know, we have RoboScout. We have all our scouting that we do. And now we have, you know, StatCast data for some of the debuts. Yeah, sure. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, we have, now that we have a full season, minor league season that's done, we can look at the StatCast and we can, you know, actually dig in more instead of, you know, making updates two months later after coming out with a preliminary list. So I think, I think this is actually probably the right time to do it. Like you say, it's, it's earlier than the draft. So you have all, all winter to think about it, but it's also late enough that the, you know, the, the information is, is solid. It's, yeah. And, and we'll continue to roll out rankings throughout the off season. Um, and, you know, uh, this will all fit into it. I don't think there'll be too many adjustments in terms of any of these players they'll probably just roll into the different positional lists and, you know, the top prospect lists and the dynasty list and all that sort of stuff as we build out throughout the off season. But let's take it back to the beginning here and let's talk a little bit about just process in terms of like the type of things that we're all looking at. A lot of these college players, I do have some in-person scouting history on from a few years in the Cape Cod league, you know, the last, could be last three years because some of them will play underclassmen in 21, their draft year in 22, and then a certain segment of guys might show up uh, prior to the actual, um, you know, uh, draft. So I have some history there with a fair amount of these players. So there's some biases that kind of went into it. Uh, that being said, you know, we do have a couple years worth of college data. We have all the pro data, uh, that was available for any of these guys. Um, so we look at that, you know, we also have access to tools like synergy, et cetera. So we can look at some other numbers there and, you know, also look at some video if it's available and they play at like a full season level, for example. And then I'll say my final input was I got to see some players and talk to some people down in Florida when I was in the complex. So some of the Philly guys like, you know, like a Devin salt or someone like that. Um, you know, I feel pretty comfortable ranking because uh, I've got my eyes on it. But Dylan, what other sort of things are you looking at? And You know, I know you have um, a very objective sort of process that you follow. Yeah, I mean, I start with RoboScout. Um, how did they, it's mostly hitters, so the pitchers don't really, <clears throat> don't really play after getting drafted with, with a few exceptions. 
Um, start with the hitters just to see how they did in their debut. I mean, last year, you know, we saw like Dalton rushing and Tyler Locklear guys like that really kind of shining in their, in their brief debut. So, you know, that kind of informs the, the sort of broad strokes, how I lay out um, the lists sort of by position. Um, tap in the, the stat cast data. Like you said, we have the NCAA data. Like we, we've seen that that uh, going from the aluminum bats to the wood bats, you lose kind of like <clears throat> around, you know, two miles an hour on your 90th exit velocity. So 90th percentile exit velocity. So, you know, I kind of make that adjustment if they don't have, uh, if they didn't debut professionally, Let's just start tweaking around. And and, and then, uh, yeah, like, like you described in our scrum, I'd be like, hey, I have this guy way higher than you or way lower than you. Uh what, what what am I missing? Or tell me why I'm way too high. And then, you know, you, you fill me in with your, what you saw on the ca- on the Cape, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah, I start, I start just from the numbers. Um, like I kind of described in our last podcast, we're sort of like, I want to form a, an idea of who this person is. And then I start digging into the video and, and other stuff to see like, why is he lower or higher than where I have him? Um, and, and maybe even question why why he's not um, held in higher regard or why do I think that this guy is, is so much better than the, the, the consensus? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, obviously having, um, you know, your process and the things that you do and then being able to roll in some of the data and, you know, some of the other endpoints. And of course, like, you know, being able to bounce stuff off of Carlos and other folks um, for input and insights, uh, you know, into stuff that we might be missing. Um, so I think that's, that's interesting too. Um, you know, I think uh, we also do sort of check things against, we, we built a composite sort of list and ranking. Uh, so we're aware of like where you, players are being ranked within the industry and, you know, not that I don't think it necessarily impacts our ranking so much, um, but I think it also gives you a good barometer of um, how aggressive you have to maybe be on somebody to uh, move the needle a little bit and make it actionable. So somebody's getting an advantage, uh, you know, among our readership and those that might be using these lists and deploying them in their FYPDs. Um, that being said, so we've talked a little bit about the process now and and what goes into it. We're not going to go through all the rankings. This list isn't going to come out until Thursday, so you can be on the lookout for that. It's a little bit of big big market tease there, Dylan. That's uh, that's what they teach you in the journalism school, I think. Not, I didn't go to journalism school, so I can't tell you if that's <laughs> accurate or not. But I'm gonna I'm gonna fill in the blanks here, the gray areas, and just assume so. Um, but let's talk a little bit about just some players, right? And we're not going to go through like one through whatever, um, but. Is there a player for you, Dylan, that coming into the process maybe you weren't familiar with um, that you dug in a little bit on and felt like, wow, I, I like this guy. We should push this guy up. And maybe maybe he's somebody that's high, you're higher than uh, consensus on or just somebody generally that you weren't familiar with and now are you know, interested in maybe uh, drafting this offseason. Uh, <clears throat> very loaded question. Um I think a lot, a lot to choose from here. Um, just looking at the list here, I think Trevor Werner on uh, the Royals. Um, he isn't really held in high regard. I believe 
Carlos talked about him as someone who popped in the data, and that's exactly why he's so high on my list. I have him inside the top 50. Um, third baseman, Kansas City. Just his exit velocities are his 90th percentiles over 107. Uh, his contact is good. Um, he showed well in, in low A um, in his debut. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, because we have access to the data, we can see that, you know, underneath the hood, there's a lot to like there um, that, you know, other other outlets may not know or, or have access to. And so I, I like that. I dug into it. And I can't really see any, any like huge flaws other than, you know, he wasn't highly regarded coming into the draft, but he's definitely hitting right now. So I don't know. Trevor Werner was, uh, was a guy that I have um, inside the top 40 for me. Yeah, and he was a data pop guy uh, for me in my articles a couple of weeks back too, where the underlying data really does just sort of stand out, right? Where, um, you know, we'll see about the contact and how all that translates and the approach, but um, you can't fa- you can't fake that exit velocity numbers. Like, you know, it's a little uh, DiZenzo-ish, you know, in terms of a guy that is potentially popping and like blossoming, Um in front of our eyes, you know, um, I think one guy that, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm not like totally surprised cause I've been digging in on these guys and the numbers for a little bit, but, um, one guy I wanted to sort of give a, uh, a shout out to, um, was Adrian Santana, uh, who was a raised prospect. It feels like he's, um, being a little bit underrated just in the industry. Um, this dude is a legitimate, you know, switch hitter with some potential, like, you know, power projection. We'll see with the power projection. Um, but, you know, huge speed and was a guy that was ranked, you know, top 40, um, you know, in, in, in uh, our draft rankings, like 70 runner, 50 hit, switch hitter, 55 uh, extreme on the grade, like legitimate guy. I mean, this is uh guy that you know is going to a team that uh i mean i don't want to say the rays have like been tremendous with development because i do think they've taken their shots and been like iffy on you know some of the outcomes but ultimately when you have an athlete like this and he's twitchy and quick and has defensive skills and people do think there might be some power projection you know i'm willing to gamble on it a little bit especially at what the price tag is right now um in in fypds you know i i feel that this is a guy that uh you probably could get um you know some some long-term uh turnaround here in terms of uh what what he's going for in the open market versus kind of where we rank him and where i think uh ultimately he'll end up being ranked a year from now you know because i think the composite has him outside of the top 50 we'll say I'm not going to give the exact ranking um, closer to 75 and uh, we have them inside the top 50. And uh, yeah, you know, I think regardless of sort of um, what you think the risk is with like the lack of, of actualized power now and switch hitters, um, twitchy switch hitter, like out of high school, um, you can do a lot worse than that. Like the back end of your, you know, around 40 to 50 and, most drafts, if you're just drafting draftees, of course, you know, obviously the dynamics change a little bit when 
any players uh, in the minors in your player pool are, are available. And, you know, it depends on how deep the league is. But I think if you're deep, if you're drafting 100, 150 FYPD guys, this is definitely a dude that I think, uh, you know, you could probably draft now and it will pay dividends for you next year. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good one. I, uh, as you're talking, I was thinking, uh, you know, where we are uh, ahead or are higher than, than the consensus. And uh, I was just kind of looking down the list and it's, yeah, it's all, it's all these stack ass darlings that we've talked about before, like uh, Ochoa Jr. on Houston or Matthew Etzel um, for the Orioles. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website. I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's going to be interesting. I, I did want to talk to you about uh, one of the the biggest kind of conversations we had, uh, Chase Dolander. <laughs> what do you? Uh, I don't know how much you want to get into uh, our conversation or whatever, but that he he's such a tough one to rank. Um, from where I'm sitting, you know, he was probably ahead of Skeens before the season started. Um, I just remember the excitement around his debut, and then it was a bit, you know, his velo was a bit down. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he was a bit underwhelming in that debut and then he didn't really have the greatest season. Um, and then, but he still has, you know, he has the tools, he's got the arm, he's got the arsenal. Then he gets drafted by the Rockies, um, which obviously is not a place that you want a pitcher to be drafted. Um, so he was one of the tougher ones for me. I just, uh, I don't know, maybe talk about your, uh, <laughs> your experience and how we had to struggle draft, uh, or ranking him. Yeah, I think like the gut reaction with Dolander is, hey, this is a guy who's, you know, uh, a Rockies prospect, a guy who stru struggled a little bit this year. Some things backed up in terms of the fastball shape, et cetera. 
um, and you're inclined to really be like, hey, I'm pushing this guy down this list. As you go through the list, and I think you're probably to a degree like you're even when you're looking at your numbers, you're probably going through the list and going like, I would take this guy over that guy. Like there's, there's some component of that with all rankings. Right. And with Dolander, I just felt like there were so many guys that if I was pressured at that moment to make a quick decision about who I would want on, you know, in my minors and rostered on my dynasty team, more often than not, I'm going to avoid that rock, the Rockies, you know, time bomb with pitchers. Um, there's no guarantee he's there forever. They don't make a ton of trades. So there's more of a guarantee he's there than most places. Um, but all that being said, this was the number one guy coming into the season. There's still a ton of traits and ton of things to like. From a talent perspective, this is one of the best pitching prospects the Rockies have probably had since like John Gray, Herman Marquez, whatever you want to say. Like it's like around that territory. And those guys had some value. So I don't want to completely dismiss it. So we had him at a certain rank. I think the two of us talked through it and we felt it was prudent to sort of move him up a little bit more. He's still a lot lower than he would have been ranked if he had gone other places. I think, you know, if this guy gets drafted by the Dodgers, by Tampa Bay, by Seattle, Cincinnati, um, heck San Francisco or the Red Sox, the Rangers, any of these places, you probably feel a lot better about drafting Chase Dolander, but the issue is it's it's the Rockies, and it's just everything that that comes with 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 rostering a prospect pitcher with the Rockies, right? Um, and there's you know Jordy Vargas is a pretty good pitching prospect. If Jordy Vargas was like in any other system, I think people would be talking a lot more about Jordy Vargas. He obviously had Tommy John surgery, so they're not going to be talking about him for a little bit, but still. I think it's that Rockies effect, Dylan. I don't, and it's too bad because I think Chase Dolander is a talented pitcher. Yeah, I, I think no question the Rockies thing is the biggest thing. It's just how much, how much to knock them. It's it's, a, it's such a difficult thing. I mean, it's I mean, making any ranking, obviously, you, you're going through that. You have a athletic, toolsy guy who doesn't do well in his debut where do you put him compared to the kind of you know bad body first baseman who's just crushing it um you know just the that's the nature of the beast when you're trying to make rankings so yeah just add Coors Field to a a top pitching prospect who maybe didn't meet his potential in his final season in college and you know where do you put him it's just a difficult thing I, I I like the spot we have him in I think that is probably where I would draft him um yeah if there, if this was a draft right now today, so I, I feel good about where we have. Yeah, me too. Um, all right, any other call outs you want to jump on here? I think one that we can we can go to is because um, we're quite a bit higher, I think, than uh, the consensus by a substantial margin. Um, and he's somebody that I'm particularly high on, and that is uh, that's Kendall George and. I like the athleticism, the speed, you know, it's more of a skill profile. It's a little different than typically what I would go after. Um, But I really do trust the Dodgers development and I trust the Dodgers ability to get power out of a player like this. Um, You know, it's early in his career. They took this guy in the first round that showed a lot of stones. I think it was much higher than anybody had him pre-draft rankings. Um, 
you know, I'm willing to gamble a little bit on this one because he is such an outlier athlete and runner uh, that I do think there's a loud tool there and a tool that could potentially translate, you know, to this day and age, especially if the skills and potentially maybe some power come along with it in the long term. So this is a little bit more of a, of a long-term investment kind of a play. Um, but I do think there's a lot of upside with Kendall George. And we've seen what the Dodgers have done over the last few, you know, several what decade with, with prospects. So no reason to doubt it. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. They uh, raised eyebrows with that pick. But, uh, you know, you see he stole six bases and 50 plate appearances in low A, athletic, um, pretty good contact, um, exit velocities. He's, he can he could stand to put on some uh, put on some muscle, if it were. Um, and he hits a lot of ground balls, but yeah, no, uh, definitely he's got the speed to be very interesting and obviously, you know, bet against the Dodgers. Yeah. And for them to put him in low A too, I think says some things. So, uh, that certainly adds some intrigue to the profile. So yeah, he's somebody that I think we're probably going to be a little bit higher on than, um, the rest of the grouping here, um, any other names that you wanted to you wanted to call out or any other players that you found to be really intriguing or interesting profiles that you want to discuss? Maybe Quinn McDaniel. I know he's somebody that uh, you, uh, you're you fairly interested in. Yeah, Quinn McDaniel, someone who, no matter how I sliced it, uh, was showing up quite well on, on RoboScout and, and StatCast. And he's not really highly regarded at all by, by, by the others. So... He's someone I like. We have him in the back half of the of the top 100, um, but you know that we we may look silly by having him that low, or we may look silly by having him that high. That uh, <laughs> we were thrown off by uh, by the underlying data that he had. But uh, yeah, I mean, what what do you know about Quinn McDaniel other than uh, other than the numbers? Because I'm not that familiar with him. No. Um... Yeah, I mean, I saw a little bit of uh, McDaniel uh, at at Maine. Um, the numbers are obviously tremendous in college. Um, you know, he's a pretty good athlete. Um, yeah, I mean, it will be kind of interesting to see sort of um, where this goes, uh, just because you know it's a uh, it's sort of a. a very low level. I think even like calling them a mid-major <laughs> might be a, a bit much, uh, but they're sort of a mid-major, you know, fifth rounder. Um, you know, I find them to be uh, a really, a really intriguing, interesting player. And like I said, there was, uh, there's some approach there. There's some skills. I'm interested to see how that translates. He struck out a little bit more than I would have anticipated he would um, in pro ball, but the, uh, the chase rate was, immaculate and he had some pretty good exit velocity data too yeah 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 no i i uh i, I just lost it but i uh when i do my my stack cast plus sort of number i have him on a 116 so like 16 percent better than average um that's you know better number than just looking at my sheet around him cooper pratt uh not as good as Tommy Choi, better than Mitch Jeb, Mike Bovey. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm listing names here. Brian Calmer, um, not particularly interesting, but uh, yeah, he just had yeah, just a great combination of the hit tool, the pitch recognition, and, and the exit velocities. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
yeah. And so the other names are going to call out here is a uh, guy I haven't seen ranked anywhere. Um, but, uh, or maybe, maybe I did actually. Um, but Hyun Sok Jung, um, Dodgers uh, pitching prospect. He was the number one uh, prospect in the KBO draft this year and came over and signed with the Dodgers. He's going to be eligible for these. Uh, so I think he's an interesting name to, you know, potentially call out. Uh, and it does look like he was ranked a couple of places, actually. I think James actually had him ranked and uh, Jesse over at BP, too. So um wanted to give them shots out for including that name in their list. I think he's an interesting one. Um, and I guess another guy I wanted to sort of mention here uh, that I think we're, we're fairly high on, and that's um, Brandon Warnicker from uh, Minnesota. Um, we like the data a lot. Uh, we have him pretty high. Um, so what are your, what are your thoughts on Winokur? Cause I know, um, he's somebody that I had pretty high, but, uh, you, uh, you had him just around your top 52. Yeah. I talked about him earlier in the season. Cause, uh, after the first couple of weeks, um, RoboScout had him like quite high. Um, I think he finished in the sort of the top 20th percentile of the complex, um, hit a bunch of home runs in a short while, um, so yeah, he immediately came on the map. They kind of slowed down from what I remember. So his, his underlying isn't that great. It's not, it's, it's still above average. It's, it's still very good, but it's not, uh, you know, supportive of the like 25 to 30 home runs that it looked like he was the pace he was on. Um, so yeah, he's, he's someone where the, the power is there. He's got uh, a pretty good contact. It's, it's a bit below average, but, uh, just a nice, powerful slugger kind of stroke and, and, uh, and body. Um, yeah, I think we're higher than the consensus or we were kind of right in the middle yeah, we're kind of, I know some, some people who like him, like him a lot. And then some others don't really have him on the, on the, yeah, don't uh, have him really ranked. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, we kind of split the middle there. I, I do like the data. I do like what he did professionally. Um, but yeah, no, he, that's definitely a good name. Yeah, he was one guy I wanted to sort of call out because uh, I felt like we had a interesting rank on him. We're pushing up on just about a half hour here, Dylan. I don't know if uh, say we we wrap this up, we leave uh, we leave a little bit to be desired. FYP list. It's going to be out on Thursday, uh, so make sure you're checking. Ba should be out sometime in the morning, I would imagine, uh, so you can feast on that and compare us, contrast. Kill us in the comments, compliment us, tell us about our wonderful voices and, and writing styles and ranking abilities, uh, or trash us. Do whatever you want. I don't care. We'll, we'll discuss it with you. Um, Dylan, Jeff, Baseball America Fantasy Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.